Hey, I'm Jordan. And I'm Ashley. We're the founders of For the Good, a community created to empower and elevate you to live a purpose-driven life. Our mission is to bring light into our world, and to do so, we have learned that it must start with it. We are so glad to have you here with us. Hi everyone, this is Ashley, and today I'm joined by Robin Brown, the owner and founder of Her Confident Life and owner of Reckless Grace Boutique. We're going to be diving in on the power of sharing our story and the impact it can make on the lives of others. Robin, I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me, Ashley. And before we get started, I just wanted to share a little bit about how Robin and I met. I think it was about 2013 when we first connected through your business called Cowgirl Dreams. And I was working for a media company at the time. And I had the opportunity to interview Robin on the opening of her business. And the mission behind her business is actually what has captured my heart and so many other people. So I know that her story is a very important one that can make a difference in people's lives. And I know that I'm very thankful for you to be joining here with me today. So as we get started, Robin, can you share a little bit more about the mission that you've created and how it all began when you started your business? Well, you know, I think we're all a work in progress, right? So my my mission, like we were talking about before we started recording, um, I think my mission has pretty much stayed the same since the very beginning, but I think it's grown. And it when I began, it was all about overcoming obstacles, struggles, whatever life puts in your way, there's always a way around it. And it's never too late. The mission became so important to me that I totally walked away, eventually walked away from one career that was very successful and went into this with both feet, not knowing what I was doing or where it was taking me. But I felt, I honestly felt that I was called to do it. And I've just been going ever since. And although, like I said, the mission has grown and changed a little bit, the basis is still the same. To know that it's okay to be who you are with all your quirks and messy and chaos and, you know, to ignore the haters and just keep going. Do you. I know that's become such a cliche term. You do you. But that's the most important thing is to feel okay doing you. God knows for years I faked it till I made it. And I can't even say that I've made it because I've still got, I mean, look how nervous I was for this. I've still got my insecurities, but, you know, confidence. Confidence is a big thing. And learning to love yourself. I would say that one thing that I love about your business is how real you are. And mm -hmm. you, I mean, you share your day-to-day -day life and the stories. And I think that is what draws people into, you know, to be able to pay attention to what you are doing, because it's rather than just being a brand or a boutique business, it's about you and your life. And, and you share the real stuff. And I know that that really means a lot to people to see people who are vulnerable in that space. You scroll social media and I am guilty of it too. And you see all the perfection, mm -hmm. right? And that is the worst thing for any of us is seeing all the perfection. Social media is a highlight reel and people present the best side of themselves. And that's not life. And girl, I am a hot mess <laughs> over here. I mean, I wake up in the morning, my feet hit the floor and I just do the best I can. And I make mistakes just to get through the day. And I think that's real life. And I do want people to relate to me. I do want people to know that, you know, okay, I might be selling super cute clothes and I might have this blog, but I am 
God's still working on me. <laughs> so, uh, and that's okay. As you mentioned, you have a blog and you're active on social media. What kind of response have you received from people in the space of being vulnerable and sharing your story openly with people to be able to connect on a deeper and more meaningful level? Well, you know, in the very beginning, it was super easy when I had my blog, which doesn't exist anymore. And I'm so sad that it disappeared into cyberspace um, mm -hmm. when I was trying to transfer it. But when I first started writing in the blog, it was mostly about this relationship I was developing with my horse. And I was terrified. And I was catching a lot of flack from people in the industry, the horse industry. But more than the flack I was getting, I was getting a lot of messages from horse people like, oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you for being so real and thank you for being so honest. And, you know, I'm a barrel racer. I'm a rainer. I, I do this with my horse and I get scared. I get nervous and I can't let anybody know that. Um, I have anxiety. You know, if my horse is acting up and I still have to get on, I'm scared. And, and I thought, okay, there's something to this. And it was so easy to write because it was, I felt like it was just a bunch of people out in the world that I would never, ever, ever see, right? And then it just grew. And as I started telling my story and as I started developing this relationship with my horse, it changed. You know, there was anxiety in other areas of my life and depression. And honestly, I don't think I've ever gotten a negative comment, a negative private message. And I tons of them. I lost a lot of readership when I lost my blog before. So it's just rebuilding now. But on Facebook and Instagram, I so many people private message me. And me too. Thank you. Me too. So there's a lot and you would never I was talking to somebody once and I'm kind of close to and she's a business owner. And she told me that every single person that works for her is on some kind of anti anxiety or anti depression mug mm -hmm. or medicine. And I thought, gosh, this is a big, big, big issue that nobody talks about. So I just decided I was going to talk about it. Now, I know that we've talked more about how anxiety relates to your horse and how that was able to bring you some peace and calmness. Can you talk a little bit more about that? <laughs> you know, coming from a background as a dog trainer, I, it was, dogs were so easy for me. They were just, it was a natural existence with any dog that was, put, just about any dog that was put in front of me. And I went into the horse thing thinking, okay, it's not going to be any different than a dog. Oh, but it was. And this is a thousand pound animal that could literally kill you, not on purpose, but and thankfully my horse didn't have a snarky bone in his body. But in addition to the anxiety that I felt by being up close and personal with this ginormous animal, I was going through a point in my life where I was discovering a whole lot about me and my life. So I was dealing with anxiety from just being in the horse industry and and then my life and you know I could be having an awful day and I could walk into dog class none of the dogs would know it I could get through it and everything would be perfect and but you can't do that with a horse they read you so intensely there's an old quote by pretty renowned horseman Buck Branneman and it's a horse is a mirror to your soul sometimes you'll like what you see and sometimes you don't that's the truest statement so in dealing with all this stuff, my fears, but also my life, learning things that I had blocked out and what my real truth was, I couldn't fake that with Riley. He helped me process because I had to be emotional. There was times I would just go sit in the arena and he would be running around and I would 
scream and cry. And he would just stand there and look at me and like, wait, are you done yet? And so that horse, the 10 years that I had him, he died in September. He saved me. He literally saved me just because you can't fake any of it. You have to deal with, he's going to force you and a horse is going to force you to face you and fix all the ugly stuff. If you want any kind of relationship. I remember we talked a lot about that and it's just a powerful testimony, just that relationship that you can find with your animals, but also, you know, like I said, there's so many people who are struggling with mental illness, whether it be anxiety, depression, or something else, and just the different avenues that we can take to be able to make that connection and bring that peace into our life. And I always enjoy reading your blogs and reading your stories when you share that testimony, because it is really important for us to talk about hard things like that. It is. And I think the fact that we aren't supposed to for so long, it's society has said, you don't talk about these things. Mm -hmm. Hush, hush. I think that's one of the biggest problems of why it's running rampant. You know, people aren't getting the help they need or feeling like they can't talk to the people they need to talk to because it's taboo. Yeah. There's a stigma that's related to if you're struggling with something, but obviously with so many people who are being impacted in this mental illness space that there's something that needs to change and needs to shift. And I think that by opening up yourself and sharing stories like the one that we're talking about today is, is so important and allows people, like I said, too, to be able to say, me too, to be able to relate on mm-hmm. a much deeper and meaningful level. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, you knew Reason, my dog, and mm-hmm. uh, Reason kind of loved you, but it was a different, you know, I was very bonded to reason and but it was different it was i i would have never guessed if somebody would have told me that the bond and just the level of raw that you have in your relationship with a horse is so much like i don't even know the right word to use stronger more not authentic but i guess stronger it's the only word i can think of i just said there's no way there's nothing that could top the bond that i had with reason reason didn't teach me me like my horse did. And I know that a big part of this conversation today that we want to dive in on your God moment. And Mm -hmm. I think that this is something that can be relatable for, for many people. So I want to first thank you for sharing it. And I applaud you for your bravery and your courage to be able to step out in this space, to be able to bring that hope and healing to other people. Okay, I'm not going to promise you that I'm not going to get choked up <laughs> when I talk about this because to this day, it and I don't know which gets me more, the fact that this was something that I made a decision to do or the intervention. Is that what you want me to do now? See, I'm already starting. Um, That's okay. Start wherever you would like. So as the business Cowgirl Dreams started, it was all branded wear and it all had a meaning. Cowgirl Dreams, Cowgirl Strong, Cowgirl Hope, and Cowgirl Faith. Those were the four terms made designs out of with the logo that represented four words that represented, I guess, my mission back then. And it was, you know, it started so randomly. Somebody saw the logo and said, I'd love to have that as a decal on my truck. And I thought, oh, that's a good idea. I wonder if I can do that. And then it just grew from there. And after the first year, two friends of mine started the vintage market and asked me if I wanted to participate in their shows. their first show and it was great and and I was learning as I went because I'm a dog trainer I had never done any of this before and so it was nerve-wracking that in itself well the show you know Trenton is a small town 
I've lived here my whole life. And sometimes people just don't forget. So it was the fall show of 2014. And we were set up in a tent. I didn't have a trailer yet. We were set up in a tent over at the cultural center. And um, it was a beautiful day. And I saw these few girls walk in that were the it girls, you know, back in school. I had known them my whole life, like from kindergarten on up. I was non-existent to them. And if I, if I was existent back in school, it was you know, to make fun of and because I wasn't like them. And I shut down. I saw them. They saw me and the whispering started and it was, I just shut down and it was, it was awful. Those, they were there for a few hours and the whole time that they were there, it was awful. I had to excuse myself from my booth. I couldn't function. I went, I was transported right back to school, you know, where you just kind of want to disappear. So I got through the day. And, but it bothered me. It was, was so heavy on my heart and in my mind. And I had a mirror that I had to return to Angie. My, I had a brand new truck and it was backed into the driveway because we were unloading it. And across the street from us is this really old brick senior citizen apartment complex. My husband was golfing. And when I woke up that morning, I was still those are my first thoughts. You know, why is this still happening? I'm going to be 50 years old and I don't, we're not in high school anymore. Why, you know, just why? And as I kept thinking those thoughts, I just became exhausted. You know, I was exhausted that I was learning my whole life was a lie, exhausted from learning that all the things that I had blocked out. I was exhausted from trying to fit in. I was just, I was mentally exhausted from trying to be what I thought I was supposed to be for my whole life. And I started getting teary-eyed and I just kept thinking, no, I got to get my crap together and I got to go get in the truck and I got to go to Angie's and pull yourself together. But I couldn't, I couldn't pull myself together. And it just seemed like every second that passed, the feelings inside of me just got stronger and stronger. And I got in my truck and I sat there for a minute and the neighbors are outside next door and I had my window cracked a little bit and I was getting, it was fall, the sun was shining, I was getting really hot and I looked up and by this time I was pretty teary and I looked up with no real thoughts in my head but as soon as I looked up and saw the apartment complex across the street, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I didn't even know that I was struggling as bad as I was. In that moment, I thought, God, all I have to do is turn the key, lower the gas, and head straight for that brick building, and I'm done. It's over. I don't have to do this anymore because I can't do this anymore. So I started crying harder, and I really started thinking this. Like, I mean, it became a, okay, so reasons in the house. He's okay. Um, Rob's on the golf course. I need to do this for me. I need, I can't, I just can't, I need to escape. I made that decision. That was my intention. And Ashley, I, my truck was five months old. I put the key in the ignition, turned it, and my truck wouldn't start. That freaked me out. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I tried it one more time. My truck wouldn't start. And I thought, I mean, at that moment, I thought, oh, oh my gosh, that was a God moment. There, why isn't my brand new truck starting? And that, like, I felt like God just reached down and blocked my ignition or something. And to say that, I'm not ashamed to say that that moment, feeling that connection didn't freak me out. 
I did. And I ran in the house. I jumped out of the truck. I ran in the house and I called Rob and I said, please, when you get done, I didn't tell him anything else. I just said, when you get done golfing, please don't hang around for a beer. Please come straight home. I think I'm in trouble. And he did. He came straight home. And that was the turning point for me. That was a huge, it took a while for me to tell that story publicly. You know, I, I think I sat with it. I had a lot of work to do. And I sat with that story for probably well over a year. I mean, Rob knew and my brother knew. I had a lot of internal work to do before I even knew what any of that meant or what to do with it or where I was headed and that I was out of the danger zone. I, I don't think in my entire life that I had ever had a thought like that. Not that I remember, not that I'm aware of, but I, it was more than a thought that morning. I mean, I was turning the key to go. And that was a turning point for my life personally, my business. And now that has been the center of my mission. So you can see where I said it's, it all started out as one little, you know, you can overcome whatever you need to overcome. You can get the help that you need, but it grew. I had to learn confidence and self-esteem, which I had none of. Um, I had to learn to love myself and be okay and know that it was okay to feel depressed and it was okay to have anxiety. That was definitely my divine intervention. That is incredible. I mean, I remember when we first talked, like I said, back in 2013, and we started off talking about cowgirl dreams in your business. And then we got deeper and deeper. And by the time we were done, like, I think you were in tears. I was in tears. Even when you share it right now, you know, I'm looking at you and we both are getting emotional about it. It just shows that you are here for a great purpose and to be able to share your testimony with people who are unfortunately on a similar journey and just to be able to give them, like how we said, that hope in the healing that people are looking for. And I think that now more than ever, people are looking for these stories to be able to bring that deeper connection within themselves. Absolutely. My, you know, my faith has always, I grew up in a very faith-based family. Um, my dad more so, I mean, my mom too, but my dad definitely. And my faith has always been strong. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to lie and say that you know, there hasn't been periods of my life where it hasn't wavered because it has. I think when I lost my dad, I was, I had some divine interventions then too that were pretty, they were miracles. I, I mean, I, I witnessed miracles when I, when I was in the process of losing my dad. And then after I did lose my dad, even though I went through those miracles, you know, I, my faith was, I would yell and scream and I would demand things and I didn't, believe he had my back and you know, where are you now and that sort of thing and I think we all go through that but so I've, I've definitely had my moments of doubting my faith and doubting where God is in my life but it never lasts for very long because I and I think that's because I believe so deeply something always happens to like smack me in the face and knock me back to the path that I want to be on the path that I believe is right for me, mm -hmm. my, my faith path. And I don't know how I could have gotten through all the things that I have 
without my faith. I know that when you were talking, you shared more about how you have since then worked within yourself for the self-care and the self-love and confidence. What are some practices that you've learned that have worked for you and how, which ones would you recommend for other people if they are working in that space right now too? First, I had to start with the anxiety because I, I've never been one to be able to relax. And I don't take medication, not because I don't believe in medication. Um, I'm just, that's one of the things that my anxiety does to me. I'm terrified of medicine um, and what it's going to do to me. Probably because growing up, I wasn't a sick kid and I had so many weird reactions to different meds that as an adult, I'm terrified what's this going to do to me? So I've always had to deal with things on my own. I'm not had to, it was choice. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned to, one of the big things for my anxiety, my anxiety was I learned to meditate and pray. My meditation involves a lot of prayer. And it's kind of ironic that I get so relaxed every time I start my meditation with prayer and then I go into it, I fall asleep just about every single time. And I am not going to, I'm going to tell you that exercise is good. I don't do it. I hate to exercise. That comes <laughs> back from my, I, I have an aversion to exercise unless it is exercise that doesn't resemble exercise. And just, you know, I went to a therapist for a while and I didn't connect. And I truly believe a therapist is a good avenue, but you ha definitely have to have a connection you have to be able to feel open. And I didn't. If you have a, a friend that you can talk to that, you know, is willing to carry your load right along with theirs, to me, that's the best option. If you can, because you can be real with those people. And I write a journal and I've created a workbook, an anxiety and depression workbook, and just taking time for me, which is really difficult to do. But I'll tell you what, I know that this COVID-19 has been a headache for the whole planet, but for me, in some ways, it's been a blessing because mm -hmm. it's forced me to slow down. So just, you know, being self-love and self-care is, I've always said, is not selfish, it's necessary. I love how you share different practices that you have tried and maybe just didn't work for you. And I think that that's an important thing for people to remember is to is to give themselves that time to be able to try different things and see which fits best for them because it's not a, a one size fits all for journaling or meditation. Because some people, they have tried one-on-one -on -one counseling and it hasn't really fit. So maybe like a group setting would work better. And I think that it's a good idea for people to try different things and just see what works best for them. I think one of the most important things that I did and that I still still do every day, I had to do it before I jumped on this call with you, is the negative self-talk. We do that. Like, I would never say the things that I say to myself in my own head to a friend. Mm -hmm. So changing the negative chatter that you've got going in your brain is one of the most important. And it's hard to change that. You have to be, you literally have to be super aware of your thoughts. When you're sitting at your desk working, when you're watching TV, your mind wanders. And one negative thought can spiral into mm -hmm. and turn into a big storm. So being able to stop those negative thoughts in their tracks, I'm a huge mindset junkie. Positive mindset. I am, I don't know if you've read the book, The Secret, Ooh, but yeah. I have yep. probably read it 10 times and I am such a big fan of The Secret and mindset and positive self-talk at all. You know, you, my dad used to tell me, you 
you bring about what you think about. And that's that's so true. It's funny that you mentioned group settings. I've always wanted to start like an anxiety group, kind of like they have for, um, you know, AA and NA and anxiety support group. But I never knew, like, how do I do this? And I, do I really want to be responsible for, you know, saying the wrong thing to what it, because what if you say the wrong thing? And this, it's just always been something on my heart. I also want to mentor um, and that goes with the writing and develop courses for women, confidence, anxiety, believing in yourself. So it all goes, it all goes together. Well, it sounds like that's what you're doing with her confident life. Yes. So what I used to write about all the time was anxiety. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you went to the blog right now, you could buy, find so many posts about tips on dealing with anxiety when you're in the throes of an anxiety attack, um, meditation. And, but you know, I don't, at some point you have to move past the negative. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that that stuff is not going to keep happening. I still have anxiety attacks. We went to Home Depot the other day after, after you didn't have to stand in line anymore. And we were doing some house projects and I got so used to standing in line to go in. They were letting only a certain number of people in. Everybody was standing six feet apart, going in one door. Um, It was the only door you could come in. And we pulled up in the parking lot last week at Home Depot. And I looked around and people were going in all the doors and coming out all the doors. And there was no standing in line. And I literally started to go into a little panic attack. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is chaos. People are just all willy-nilly, like they don't care anymore. And so anxiety is, it's a part of who I am. It doesn't define me, but I don't concentrate on it so much anymore. For her confident life, I want you to maybe start and take the steps to get there and start living more confident. I'm not so afraid when I go somewhere that, what if I have a panic attack? You know, what if everybody sees me have a panic attack? And to learn to love yourself and to focus on more of the positive. Because if you... Focus on the negative. That's what you're going to keep getting. What you think about, you bring about. I like how you make the point that it doesn't define you because I know that a lot of people can can start working on these practices and if they feel like they are feeling anxious, they feel like it's not working. But I think that it's important for people to remember that it probably will happen a lot less. But if it does happen, don't be hard on yourself. Because exactly. I know that people can beat themselves up and say, well, why am I still feeling this way? You are a human being, so you have to allow that feeling to come and go, but be able to, like I said, let it go and release that and say, you know, this is what I felt and that's okay, but this isn't where I'm going to stay. I think faith has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. And for me, it did. And, you know, my favorite, my favorite phrase that I use a lot is when things get to me or when I like especially lately scrolling through social media, bless and release. Okay, that's a negative. I I can't do anything about it. I can't change it. I'm feeling this way about it. I'm just gonna bless and release. So when you are sharing your messages, what is something that you would want people to take away from what you are doing? There's nothing that you can't overcome. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I am living proof of that I have the things that I have overcome, whether through my single life or my married life, the there's always a way that they're just, there's always a way. I love that. And, and it's never too late. I am 58 years old and I am not doing anything remotely close to what I thought I'd be doing for the rest of my life. You know, and there's been plenty of moments that I thought I'm just going to go back to dog training because I'm, you know, this is going so slow and I don't know if it's what I'm supposed to be doing. And then it's like something drops right in front of me 
that slaps me in the face and says, this is what you're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. Just be patient. And I've had to learn patience over the last several years. That's, that has actually been a blessing. But dog training is not what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, the boutique is, it's always been about my why. Even as a dog trainer, you know, my mission was to help dogs because so many would end up in shelters and just simply from not being trained properly. And because I worked from my home, I never had to worry about, you know, overhead and a rent. And um, so I could take people that couldn't afford it. And I was able to stick to my why. And when I started writing in the, writing my blog, the one that disappeared, and then we started making designs out of the logo for Cowgirl Dreams Company. I never wanted to lose my why. It wasn't, it never was about selling pretty things. It was always what those things meant. My why, my my big why. And that's helping women. And I've always been a cheerleader for the underdog because I was the underdog. Um, so that's never changed for me. And the blog and her confident life is actually my big why and the boutique, although I love the boutique and I love meeting people. I've met so many people with the mobile boutique and doing events and people shopping online and coming to my door to pick up. The boutique is kind of a baby of like a byproduct of her confident life, her confident life's baby. I didn't start out with intentions of having a boutique, but part of learning to be confident is part of being comfortable doing what you want, learning to love yourself enough that you feel like you can do what you want, wear what you want. Um, you don't have to do what society says. There's rules. I've always been a rule breaker. So. <laughs> Robin, I love all of your messages. And like I said, what draws people, I mean, beyond the brand that you are building for yourself is the mission and the why, because that is something that is your own and is your story. And it connects on people on such a deep level. So I really appreciate you sharing all of that today. And I would love for you to share more about where people can find you on social media too. Oh gosh, I'm all over the place. So on um, on Facebook, it's Reckless Grace Boutique. There is a private VIP group um, that we do all sorts of fun things in there. And that's Reckless Grace VIPers. Also on Facebook is Her Confident Life. And you can find both of them on Instagram, on Pinterest. I'm all over the place. Well, Robin, again, I want to thank you so much for sharing such an important message and story. I know that this is going to reach people who need it and need to hear it. And your life is a blessing. And I'm very thankful to be able to have your friendship and have you in my life. So thank you very much for joining with me today. Thank you, Ashley. And I've always felt the same way about you. If you're thinking about suicide, are worried about a friend or loved one, or would like emotional support, the Lifeline Network is available 24-7. Contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Thanks for joining us at the For the Good Podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at ForTheGoodOfficial and our blog at ForTheGood.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Remember, a positive mindset is the beginning of true happiness, not just for the good of the individual, but for the good of the world.